0: If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to grab it, open it to Romans chapter 15 as we continue our journey through the book of Romans. If you're online, we want to welcome you again. If you're in the chapel right now, we're glad you're with us. Find your Bible, Romans chapter 15. If you don't have one with you and you're in the room, you can grab one of the black ones there in front of you in the pew. If you don't own one, consider that a gift to you today. The Great Resignation. Have you heard the phrase, the Great Resignation? A lot of nods here in the room. It's a phenomenon that people who study culture have been talking a lot about right now because after if it is after COVID, which that's debatable, after the the first major wave of what we we hit with COVID, uh, in 2021, one year alone, 2021, over 40% of the global workforce seriously considered quitting their job. That's a lot of people in the world. Those who study culture have, have talked a lot about this, this phenomenon and said, hey, what, what's really happening, right? Why is this great resignation happening in our workforce? And as they've looked at it, some have said, well, we went home for a while and people like being at home and so they want to work from home and so if their job doesn't allow them to work from home, and then, then they're upset. So some of that, I think, has happened, but they've said we can't attributed all to that because a lot of it weren't people who went home and some that didn't like. Some have talked about the inflation and people wanting to make more money. The problem with that is a lot of people resigned without another job in place. That's not to make more money, right? So actually this week on a podcast, not planning to start with this as my kicking off with the passage. Uh, The guy on the podcast said as as I'm reading different guys and looking at different things, it looks like people feel like the work they're doing isn't meaningful enough. They, They want to find more purpose in the workplace. That overlapped with another article that I was reading this week about the Great Resignation saying very similar words around especially those that are 20 and 30 years old Not wanting to just go out and do a job, but wanting to do a job that is meaningful, a job that matters, a job that has purpose. Paul today is gonna let us have a little glimpse into his job. And he's gonna let us see the greatest meaning and purpose the world has ever been given. And I believe, all of us can find ourselves in this passage. Now, before I get there, in the video we just watched, there was a couple of cutscenes that, when I was watching that video, just got my attention because I've actually been standing where one of, so here I'm going to show you a picture. This is in Kathmandu, Nepal, one of the unreached areas in the world. And I remember walking through the streets of Kathmandu, Nepal and the the guide that was leading the trip we were on, this was just a few years ago, uh, said, hey, do you, you smell that? And everybody was like, yeah, we smell that. And he's like, well, I want you to see it before I tell you what it is. So they led us to this place where these priests in this temple in Kathmandu, Nepal, Hinduism and Buddhism have overlapped. And so many of the temples, this is one of them, there are both Hindu and Buddhist priests there. They are burning bodies. Now, they aren't burning live bodies. It's not like they were offering live sacrifice, and so I'm going to calm your nerve for a second there. But they were burning bodies, and the way it works in this temple is you pay a certain amount of money, and depending on how much you pay, you move up the platforms on the, the more higher honor platforms. And so if the loved one that you love, you pay for the higher platform of honor, and then after they've burned your body, they push it out into the water. And I remember watching it and thinking, I'm seeing something temporary and physical that is eternal and spiritual in the lives of these people who've never heard about Jesus. And it just like, I asked our guide, hey, can I have a conversation uh, with one of the priests in the temple? Uh, at that point I was a teaching pastor at a church in Dallas. Never, and I was like, I, like I, I would like to, and he said, "Absolutely, I think can arrange that." So, he went and talked to him. The priest, priest said, "Yeah, I'd love to talk to him." And so, he came, and I remember looking at him in his eyes, and his eyes just were empty and gray. Uh, just, it was disturbing for me just looking into his eyes. Uh, but I asked him, I said, "Hey, tell me where you find hope." Through our interpreter. His words back, hope? There is no hope. I want people to find peace in the present. And so I I said, well, maybe you didn't understand what I was asking. Like when, when you're leading your people, what are you inviting them to hope for in the future? And his words back through an interpreter, there is no future hope. I, I, want, I want people to be at rest in the here and now. Now, if you, you study Hinduism and Buddhism, uh, you'll, you know, actually, that they, they do help some people find peace in the here and now. But it was startling to me. And so I asked my interpreter, can I talk to him about Jesus? And my interpreter said, well, yes, and he's a pastor from that area. And said, can I take over? And so he just, and the guy said, no, I don't wanna have a conversation about your religious teaching. And so we left. Now, for you in your life, maybe this week you didn't see something that graphic or have a conversation that disturbing. But do you know there are people around you. Students, right? Who don't know Jesus. There are people around you in your workplace who don't know Christ. There are people who live around you in your neighborhood who are separated from God forever. What's what's our place in that? If you have a Bible, I want you to stand with me. We're going to start reading Romans chapter 15, the, the, the official verses we haven't gotten to yet are starting in verse 14, so you're not going to see these first few on the screen. But I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to piggyback, I'm going to go back just a few verses before so you get the context. Last week he was telling us and telling those in the church to love their neighbors like Christ has loved us for the glory of God because what's going to happen is we engage and we show love to those around us. We're going to get to bring all the nations into understanding who Jesus is and every tribe, every tongue is going to worship him. He's he's quoted the top off of the Old Testament saying this was always God's plan, picking up in verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse... That's the offspring of Jesse, David, through David Jesus, will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. Gentiles, anyone who doesn't know Jesus, the nations. In him will the Gentiles, what's the word? Hope. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We have this hope. What does that mean? Verse 14. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another he's he's not empty he's satisfied and what those he's ministering to are able to minister to each other verse 15 but on some points I have written you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the gentiles may be acceptable sanctified by the holy spirit in christ jesus then i have reason to be proud of my what's the word work for god For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to Elysium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition... To preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see. And those who have never heard will understand. I'm going to invite you to your knees if you're able. If not, you can just sit down there in the pew. Father, in this room, in this room, there are people, I believe, who have never truly heard, have never really seen what Jesus has done. God, I pray that maybe they could hear that today. And then for the rest in the room that have heard and seen, God, I pray that we, in response to you, God, Jesus came. God, thank you. Thank you for sending your Son to change everything. And thank you for giving us a purpose, a meaning in life uh, to be part of something eternal and great for your glory. God, I pray that we could see it today. God, I pray that, that, that any person here in the room that feels like what they're doing is meaningless, that you would wake them up to what you have for their life today. God, I I pray for for this moment. Uh, We just sing, Holy Spirit, fill us now. We know, Holy Spirit, you're in our life. If we're Christians, we know you're with us. But in unique ways in Scripture, you empower people at different times to do specific things. So, Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd help me to preach the words that you inspired Paul to write some 2,000 years ago. Say it again in this room to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're taking notes today, oh, the Q&A thing there is on the screen. Yes, if you want to ask questions as we go throughout, we want to invite you to continue to do that. It's been awesome to interact with your questions. It helps me dive deeper into the text. But you can do that by texting the word question to 96123. If you're taking notes, kind of the big, big main point that I want you to see today, and we're going to dive into how we can all be part of it. A missional life is a meaningful life. A missional Life is a meaningful life. Uh, I'll say it one more time. Actually, y'all say it with me. A missional life is a meaningful life. In a world right now that's searching for meaning, God has one greater than anything the world has to offer that we get to be part of as Christians. Paul, starting in verse 14, talks about his his is specific. Maybe yours and eyes will look a little different, but it's all part of the great commission that He's offered to us. Verse fourteen. I myself am satisfied about you. Satisfied. Y'all remember last week? I, one of the things I did in my sermon, and I was like, we were talking about like coffee and pleasure, and how I'm not supposed to live for my pleasure, but the pleasure of my neighbor, like that's the first part of 15, he says pleasure three different times. And we say, I can't get no satisfaction, and I try. You not remember that? Paul now is going to start talking about something that does satisfy him, that actually does bring him great pleasure. What is it? He says, I myself am satisfied about you those whom God is using him to minister to, to make disciples through. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness and filled with all knowledge. They're doing good things, they know good things. I mean, these people are living and loving like Jesus, but that's not all that's going on. They are able, he says, notice, to instruct one another. Some, when they look at this passage, they will say, Well, this passage is writing specifically to missionaries. I disagree. It's writing to all Christians. Paul, even in this passage, is saying, Look, Christians are being used to be part of this mission. They are full of Christ and they are instructing one another. It's like they're living and loving like Jesus and leading others to do the same, they're making disciples. They're part of the same mission, verse 15. But on some points, I've written to you very boldly by the way of reminder. Y'all know, even Christians, we're prone to forget. That's why we need to be reminded daily. What Jesus has done for us is why weekly we come together for worship. We need, I need to be reminded. By way of reminder. Because of the grace given me, by God. Now I want you to see what this undeserved gift that Paul is, that he's gonna talk about. The undeserved gift Paul's gonna talk about in this passage is more than just salvation by grace through faith in Christ. It's a purpose that God is giving him a meaning in his life that's bringing great pleasure. Look what he says. This grace given to me by God, what is it? To be a minister Of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, Gentiles, non-Jews, the nations, in the priestly service of the gospel of God. So that the offering, you'll see all the priestly language here. The offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Some commentary writers don't say it's written just to missionaries. Some say it's written to ministers. You'll notice again he says that I get to be a minister of the gospel. So this must be just for ministers. You don't know that you, you realize what Paul says in other places in Scripture. Paul says that, hey, if you're a pastor, your role is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's yeah. That must have been Bobby Wake. Yes. Bobby, I don't even see you, but I hear your voice bobby has told me yes it is bobby there he is i see him up there bobby and lisa uh, both leaders and teachers in our church bobby has has told me hey when when god called you to your role he actually called you out of ministry that everyone out there like y'all are the ones on the front line of the ministry that my role is to equip you for the work of ministry paul says that at one point what's so good about like no keep keep going. going to go back to his illustration in a second But look at the great joy that he's finding in this verse 17. In Christ Jesus then, I have reason to be, what? Proud of my work for God. Hey, if you're struggling to find meaning at work, I want you to find the meaning that God gives you in the bigger work. And this is what Jesus says Paul notice he, he says earlier, in fact, we, if you're reading through the Bible with us, we've read, we're in Romans now as we're reading through the Bible, which is kind of cool for me. And we read this week in chapter 3 that Paul says we've got nothing to boast in ourselves. He's actually not boasting in himself here. He's saying that in Christ, I've been given a, a work. And that I can boast in. What Christ has given and what actually he is doing, we're going to see through me. So back to the big illustration here in verse 16. The priest, this is so cool for me. So cool for me. I had seen in, in Romans chapter 12, I don't know how many times I've read through this part of Romans and this had not jumped off. I'd seen in chapter 12 that God calls us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to him, right? You've heard that before? This is not like the fire on the, the, that yeah, in Kathmandu. This is, now, how, how is it not like the fire in Kathmandu? How are you offering, okay. Old Testament sacrifices, two primary kind of sacrifices. There was the sacrifice, sin offering sacrifice, which was an appeasement sacrifice where you would offer something to cover up sin, to appease God's wrath against sin. Guess what? We live on the other side of Jesus, Right? The sin offering has already been received through Christ. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son who came and lived a perfect life apart from sin, the life you and I could not live. He was the perfect sacrifice in our place on the cross for our sin. So now we no longer have to fear the wrath of God against sin if we have believed in Jesus. Those who have heard Jesus, those who have been reached by the gospel, we have that hope, right? But there's another sacrifice in the Old Testament. Why does Paul keep talking about sacrifices? There's a thanksgiving sacrifice, a thanksgiving offering. The the sin offering was to appease, which we no longer have to do anymore. The thanksgiving offering is to please. And that is something we still get to do. That you and I, you and I, here's what Paul says. When we recognize, we recognize the ministry God has given us, we have the great pleasure, the great pleasure of taking the people that God has entrusted us with to minister to and to offer them to Him as an act of worship in thanksgiving to what He has done for us. Hey, this week, thinking of y'all in that way was very powerful for me. But not just thinking of y'all, right? Thinking of my family, right? God has given you a family, many of you, that he's called you to disciple, to be more like Christ, so that you can, as a priest in worship and thanksgiving, offer them back to him. Do y'all see it? What pleasure is found there. Uh, Not just, okay, your, your classmates, students, that you sit beside that don't know Jesus, that God is giving you an opportunity to love and to invest in, to to share the hope of Jesus. You get to offer them back to God. Your co-workers in the workplace, those that are beside you in the neighborhood, they are your opportunity to thanksgiving offering back to God as a priest in the kingdom in worship. Isn't that, oh, that's good stuff. So if you're taking notes and you're looking for meaning in life, if you're looking in, for meaning, and a, a missional life is a meaningful life. First thing I want you to see is the pleasure that can be found in offering the lives that God has given you to minister to. That's you make disciples of those around you. The offering of transformed lives back to God. He is finding, his words, satisfaction, pride, but not pride in self pride that God has through Christ given him the opportunity to be part of that work. A work that all Christians are invited into. Pleasure. Not just pleasure there. I want you to see verse 18, the power that's there. Uh, y'all know great resignation. One of the things that people talk about related to the great resignation is that people are leaving their jobs because they feel entitled Another way of saying it, they're leaving their jobs because they feel like by now they should be the boss. They should be the one in control. Hey, y'all know that you shouldn't be the boss. Uh, Anyone who's in a leadership role is over their head anyway, right? You shouldn't be the boss. But hey, if you want to be connected to power, there's nothing like the mission that God has given us. I want you to see what he says verse 18 for i will not venture to speak of anything as he talks about this power it's not how cool he is it's it's how cool what he's connected to is anything except what christ has accomplished through me to what to bring the gentiles the nations to obedience how by word Indeed. He's going to talk about something that is verbal and something that is visual, that God is empowering through his life. By word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem. And all the way around to Eliscreum—that this is some, from like Houston to New York City is how far. This is before airplanes, right? That Paul has gone on his now some three missionary journeys. And what, what he has seen is the power of God working in and through the ministry of God that Paul gets to be part of. This is what's happening. So he's gone I have fulfilled not because I'm good but because God empowered it it was Christ accomplishing it through me I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of God What do you mean you fulfilled the ministry Paul gave Paul God gave Paul a specific ministry to start churches in these Big urban areas, and from those churches to raise up disciple makers and then leave and go to another area of people who never heard the name of Jesus. And then he knew that from those churches, people were going to be ministers and were going to reach those around them who would reach those around them. And so his call that God had given to him, God empowered, and he says, Was done, fulfilled. What? That's awesome. All right. A missional life is a meaningful life. When was the last time you, uh, yeah, before I even show you this picture, I don't recommend all shows that I show you pictures of, but here's the picture. Uh, we're going to get to do this in our yards here pretty soon. Y'all remember this moment, right, where he plugs the cord in, and the house like, wah! and the neighborhood, wah, yeah. yeah. Do you know, Christians, that God has given you a ministry that he doesn't expect for you to do on your own strength? And there are a whole lot of Christians that haven't plugged the cord in because they've never stepped out in faith into what God wants to empower you to do. And I want to invite you to do what Paul has done in his own life and to say, Lord, okay, I recognize in this Most of the time is not going to mean you quitting your job. It's going to mean mean you doing your spiritual job wherever he has you. And say, Lord, I'm going to step in to what you're going to do. And watch, watch, watch him light you up. For the glory of God. was an old minister at one point that I read that was asked once, why do people come? Why do people come to listen to you preach? And he said, they don't come to listen to me preach. He said, I light myself on fire for God and the people come to watch me burn. What, a different kind of fire than we're talking about. The Holy Spirit working, He wants to do that in and through your life. This week, at school, at work, He wants to empower it. Pleasure Offering your transformed lives that he's giving you the opportunity to disciple. Power, God working in and through you. And then finally, purpose, purpose, purpose. Pleasure, power, purpose. Paul's going to talk now about his purpose. And it's part of the Great Commission. I don't believe he's going to call everyone here in the room to do the exact same thing Paul's doing. But I think some of you he might. And may, let me say more than that. I think some of you, he is. Verse 20. And thus I make it my ambition. Notice he did not say everyone else needs to do this. He says, is this what my ambition is about? And when I think about promotion, what is his ambition? My ambition is to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see. Those who have never heard of him will understand. He's quoting right there of Isaiah chapter 52. In Isaiah chapter 52, Paul has just talked about a man who would come whose appearance would be so marred, he would be beyond all human semblance. He would be tortured at one point. Jesus, who would then sprinkle the nations, the Gentiles, with his blood. And what does he say after that? He says, those who have never been told of him will see. Those who have never heard of him will understand. Well, how will someone who's never here, hear? Because someone who has heard of it is going to go and understand that God has given him a mission to share the hope of the world with them. The gospel, the gospel, there's a new king, a new kingdom, a battle's been won. You can be part when you repent, believe, and follow him with your life. Paul understood his purpose, specifically Paul's purpose, reaching the unreached. And I do believe that there are unreached people in your school. I believe there are unreached people in your workplace. I believe that God may keep you in a job that may not feel Fill, fill, feel, feel fulfilling. Try to put those two things together. Feel fulfilling. Ah. <laughs> I'll move on. You know what I'm trying to say. So that he can use you in that place to be part of something that is much more fulfilling than a different vocation could ever be. That that, a missional life is a meaningful life of great pleasure, of of great power as he does what you can't and great purpose. Some of you, God's calling to go farther than your workplace. I'm gonna show you again the picture from Kathmandu. Uh, This is the picture from the video. Uh, The next picture is a picture that I actually took looking at the same spots. You see it? Same place. There are people around the world who don't have someone at work that can tell them about Jesus. And what happens is he calls people like Paul's out to go. If you want a taste of that, you need to do what we talked about with uh, perspectives earlier. Think about, pray about doing that with us in the spring. I did a few years ago. It's awesome, radical. Another potential for you, if, the, if you're thinking, well, is this something God might do for me? I am going to go next year. Uh, before uh, Ryan went to Cambodia, we were in a conversation about going to India together to work with some of our church planting partners in an unreached people group. If you would like to see what God is doing around the world, if you want stuff like that to happen in your life and in your mind, I want to invite you to email me, Sam at First McKinney, if you want to be part of one of these trips email me sam at first mckinney and say hey i want to go i want to go i want that's not committing you to like full-time missions if you have interest to be on one of those trips email me this morning sam at first mckinney i want to go we have in the room someone who god has worked through in a powerful way and is working through right now in an unreached people i'm going to bring up keith moeller and we're going to get to hear from keith we get to, yes, Keith, come on up front, my friend, yes. How many of y'all in the room actually know and have prayed for the molars? Yes, lots of hands. Yes, so cool. Uh, and we've got a microphone here, too, I'm going to grab for you. Keith, I told our staff this week, uh, when, when, when you get time with Keith, it's like you feel like you're getting to sit across from the Holy Spirit, like I, there's just a joy in his life. The fruit of the Spirit flows out of his life. Uh, tell us who you are, uh, what God is doing in and through you, and how we get to be a little bit a part of that.
1: Thanks, Sam. You're very kind. Folks, lovely to be with you again. Uh, just a short visit to McKinney, and just touching base, and a bit of a report back. Um, um, I'm Keith Muller. I'm married to Christine, and we have four lovely children. And uh, we're working uh, amongst the Yao people in Malawi. Uh, it's a group of people, a majority of folk who are Muslim, and um, they've got a, a a bit of a notorious past involved in the slave trade uh, but we're ministering amongst the folk there with the hope of bringing the gospel of Jesus into their lives and where they can en- engage with and enjoy Christ um, we focused on two uh, main ministries uh, my wife is uh, involved in a primary school um, there's a bit of a history with McKinney in that we Many years ago, probably close to a decade ago, McKinney helped us when we started that school. I think there's some pictures that'll be coming up. Um, As a good friend here said, the picture is great; it's a celebration, but it's a lot that's gone into into what went on behind that celebration. Mm. And uh, years ago, McKinney came and put a roof on that school. And today, uh, we've just finished our registration for the next academic year. And uh, there's 311 new grade ones have signed up. So, the story of the school...
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: The story of the school is one word, catch up. We're always trying to catch up because the needs and the opportunities go way beyond us. And so, pray for the school. Uh, It's an exciting opportunity. It's not a Christian school. It's a school that's out there in the context of another major world religion, and it makes, it's a tremendous way of getting credibility, and it's a way of having a platform right in that context. Yeah. The other ministry involved in is Bible translation. That's my day job, and uh, we're on the home straight of, of uh, finishing off the Yao Bible, and uh, then that will be made available to the folk, and uh, all, all very exciting. I'll
0: 27 years of yep. <laughs> faithful ministry with the Yao. Some two million that speak the language you're translating this into. Uh, in, right. in Malawi specifically, we said 1.6. About
1: 1.6 people in, Mal- in yeah, Malawi.
0: Yeah, 1.6 million that don't have the good news of Jesus in their language,
1: yeah. right? What do you have in your hands? Show us this. this is. So, folks, this, this is the exciting news. This is literally hot off the press. Yeah. Uh, the publishers sent sent these on to McKinney so that you could see them, and I have here uh, Matthew, John, Romans, and Hebrews, and Luke and uh, Luke and Acts, and First and Second Corinthians, and um, these are translated in a culturally sensitive way for the people in their own heart language. Now, this is not a reflection just to me. There's a whole team that's behind a whole team behind this. And uh, the story behind these, are we, we've taken the Bible and we've cut it into 12 slices. Mm. And uh, each one of these represents a slice, and each slice has a theme. And uh, this one of Matthew and, and John and Romans and Hebrews, if you were to look into the New Testament and see which books of the New Testament contain the most Old Testament quotes, these are them. You can add revelations to that list. And that, the reason for that is... That is a tremendous stepping stone. Jesus Christ is the one who holds both the Old Testament and the New Testament together. Yeah. It, for us as evangelicals, that's true. Yeah. But it's even further than that. Mm. For people who would hold to some of the scriptures in the Old Testament, mm. people who are not Christian, these books are also the ones that hold that hold hands with where they're at and yeah. brings them right into the into the into the New Testament. Right to the message the good news of Jesus Christ the second book Luke acts in one and two Corinthians the story there is we would call it the story of the early church but the theme there is about can you imagine if in in this context people come to faith we get them connected up join a fellowship what do you do if there's no church yeah where do you go and so Luke and acts here in one and two Corinthians helps folk understand what is church? How do we do church? How do we have fellowship together? When do we meet together? That's all this. But the exciting news, folk, these are going out. There's a as I sit here now, there's a whole ton, a, lit- a metric ton. You'll have to do the equation. Uh. <laughs> but a me- there's a whole metric ton of these being flown to Malawi, and these will be going out. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. We're on. We're on the home stretch. Uh, Come April next year, Psalms and Proverbs will be finished. This time next year, the New Testament will be done. And so it goes on. We hope to finish by 2026, and uh, it's awesome just to see what God is doing through these. Thank you, Keith. Uh,
0: I wasn't expecting this, actually. When you held these up this time, I've seen these now several times this week, and then again earlier service, when you held them up just now, it it was emotional for me. to, to, that there are people that are going to get to hear about Christ and, and f- decide to follow Jesus Amen. because of the Word of God and, uh, and recognize 27 years of y'all's life and so many others that have gone into this. That's awesome. A picture up here, this is the passage that we were teaching out of today in Romans in their language and just now even thinking that he's going to send people from Malawi as missionaries to other places, Amen. they Amen. will read that, Amen. and they'll join Paul in the Amen. mission. Uh, so much. Uh, any stories
1: that you would want our church to hear about? Sam, i, I, I probably share the same story as I shared earlier. There. Um, just a story, and it's about a, a gentleman named Nicholas, and, and I got to know Nicholas a couple of years ago. His son was <laughs> very ill, and uh, there was a, a terrible infection, and it infected a couple of people, and, it, and, and there's a lot of tragedy around, but we'd walked the road with Nicholas and his family, and, and the Lord really pulled them out of that situation, but the story unfolds because in Malawi, it's, it's, you go to primary school, the first eight years of school, but there's, there is not, there's not enough schools to go to secondary school that, the last four years. And so you have to actually be chosen to go to the, the secondary school. And it's just those top two or three percent that go to, go to secondary school. And um, this young man, this Nicholas's son, had an opportunity to go to school. But there was a dilemma because the opportunity that had been given was in a different part of the country, at a high school over there, but it was a, it was a high school that was started by Christian missionaries and it amongst the yao people they're a matriarchal society Mm. and so in that context um, your uncle christine my wife's brother would have more say over my son michael than what i would have say over michael Mm. and now you can imagine you're an uncle i'm a father and now there's a dilemma there's a young man here you're muslim i'm i'm looking at this and you're saying, you're going to send him to a, Muslim, a Christian school? Hmm. And you just see the family tension that was unfolding there. And, and it, was, it was quite intense. And Mick, Nicholas said these words. He said, and this is to his own brother. He said, you know, you're always comparing Jesus to Muhammad. But what you don't understand, there is only one Messiah. Huh. Now, folk, Nicholas is one of those people. And we read about them in the New Testament, all over in the stories and the Gospels and that, of those people who hear the message of Jesus Christ, turn and look to the message of Jesus Christ, and their orientation changes in that way. Nicholas hasn't made a commitment yet, but he's looking to Jesus Christ. Yeah, Folk, that's right. Folks, there are so many people in our context like that yeah. who are looking to Jesus Christ. Yeah what nicholas can quote from scriptures he reads the bible it's beautiful to watch this and you want to see what god is doing in life you want to pray for people pray for the nicholases of this world yeah they are the ones that are looking to jesus christ coming right out of a context that is so foreign to what we know but jesus is there the messiah that's awesome so good
0: and and y'all have seen i mean it's a very difficult ground to till but y'all have seen and even to get baptized is a huge deal very and big seen deal. people say yes to christ yeah. yes
1: so and, it's that's very real the, when people get baptized that yeah. is that is the final straw if you had to put it that way yeah. and uh it's a you know if let's try and put it into this context and just put your feet foot in a different shoe If I had to sit here today, and I say this respectfully, but if I had to sit here today and invite who of you would want to become a Muslim, Hmm. that's the challenge they face the opposite way around. That's right. It's family, it's friends, it's community, it's work. It affects everything. And this is where the prayers of the saints. You know, the blessing about being a missionary is we see your prayers come to fruition. Hmm. We're not on the short end of the stick, folk. (laughs) We're on the exciting end. And and it's the blessing of seeing that. Um, And it's the blessing when we see God working your prayers in the lives of the necklaces around here. That's right. Um, Those those baptisms are few and far between. And Mm. I'm not here to come and promote huge statistics. It's not about statistics. It's about people. That's right. And they're few and far between. So much of that, it's about your prayers, the Mm. Word of God, yeah. and God-touching lives. That's awesome. Amen.
0: We're, we're going to pray. Uh, it, before we pray, I know some of you, I mean, a lot, a lot of you said, it, well, we know the mouse we, we prayed for the molars. If, if you don't know, you can access by just going onto to our prayer page, firstmckinney.com forward slash prayer. And on that prayer page, you can get our prayer list every week. Our staff prays for the Mullers every Mm -hmm. week, Monday morning. Uh, Many on our prayer teams are praying over them. But if you want to get a list of our minister partners, we're going to see in Romans the next passage. He's going to say, some go, some pay, and some pray, right? And so uh, the pray, give, go, basically, that we've talked about before Y'all all get to be part of that. We get to be part of what that is. And so if you, you're, you're not on there, but I want us to pray right now. One more thing I'll say, if you want more information, mm. Uh, we're gonna, tonight, the Abernathy's are going to be hosting a gathering at their house. Uh, Keith is going to be with me outside the doors here in just a minute in our welcome center. We'd love for you to get to come by and meet the face that you've been praying for. Uh, you could ask questions also about what's going to happen Amen. this evening at the Abernathy's place. Uh, but we just, we feel so privileged to get to be a little part of what God's doing in and through your life. So.
1: Thank you. Thank you to all of you. We appreciate you.
0: Awesome. All right, I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to pray for Keith. Y'all raise up a hand as we pray over him. Y'all are leaving on mission right now too, okay? Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit for those who have now heard of Jesus. Uh, those that they are, are, are speaking the name of Christ to. Uh, th- those that are in the school, those that have been exposed to the teaching of Jesus, those will, who will read the, the word of God now in their heart language. God, I pray that they would repent, believe, and follow Christ. And God, I thank you for the molars. I pray that they would know the pleasure, the power, the purpose. And they'd be, I know that they do know it, but that they would be able to even feel and receive and walk in the joy of what you've called them to. And for every person in this room, the same. Bless them, keep them, make your face shine upon them, be gracious unto them, lift up your countenance on them and give them peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go love your neighbor. Amen. <laughs> smash the like button subscribe share with friends and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us and thanks again for joining us